This is a book breakdown of Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography, Total Recall. I'm breaking down some of the most influential books I've ever read, extracting some of the most important information that I can find so that hopefully you can apply it to your own life. For now, I'm focusing on biographies of successful people because, in theory, if you can take the principles that made them successful and apply it to your own life, then you can be successful too. At least, that's the goal. We can learn from others who've been successful in the past so that we are successful as well. And in this video, we're going to learn from Arnold Schwarzenegger and cover three keys that led to his success. I think Arnold is one of the most successful individuals in history. I mean, he accomplished almost any goal he set his mind on. He won Mr. Universe four times in a row, and then Mr. Olympia seven times in a row, the last time after taking off for five years. He also won multiple powerlifting competitions. Additionally, he not only became a movie star, but he became a top movie star throughout the 80s and 90s. I mean, his movie career has stretched over five decades, and he's still making movies today. And did you know? that he actually made his first million in real estate, not the movies. Now tell me that's not achievable for any of us. It's totally doable. He also became part of the great Kennedy family in marrying Maria Schreiber. She was someone who complimented his personality and supported his goals in a lot of ways. From what I can tell, she was just as driven as he was, and she understood the need for accomplishment. And of course, he also became the 38th governor of California. Pretty unreal. I honestly think he'd be president of the United States if he were a natural-born American citizen. And what's funny is it looks like in 2013, he was looking for ways to amend the Constitution so that he would be able to run for president. Didn't look like it worked out, but if it had, I think he could have pulled it off. So yeah, that's quite the resume of accomplishments. But let's jump into the three keys that led to his success as described in Total Recall. And here's my copy of Total Recall. It's pretty beat up as you can see. Um, I was carrying it around in my bag, going on trips everywhere. It's a pretty big book as you can see as well. So it took me a little time to read it. Uh, all kinds of highlights throughout it. I'm always highlighting my books, marking them up, leaving notes in it because I wanna learn from these people as well. So anyway, let's jump in. The first key to Arnold's success was having a vision. The first rule of success is to have a vision. You see, if you don't have a vision of where you go, and if you don't have a goal where you go, you drift around and you never end up anywhere. It's like you can have the best ship in the world, you can have the best airplane in the world. If the pilot or the captain doesn't know where to go, it would just drift around. It would not end up anywhere or most likely in the wrong place. So I was very fortunate that I stumbled onto my vision. If you know anything about Arnold, then you know this is one of his most talked about characteristics. He attributes a lot of his success to having a vision. 
there's a good amount of content on YouTube from speeches that he's given where he talks about the importance of having a vision. And in the book Total Recall, you will see numerous examples of where having a vision helped him succeed. What's unique about Arnold is his original vision was all-encompassing. When he was young, he already wanted to be a movie star in Hollywood. And to get to the movie business, he knew that bodybuilding would serve as a great platform for him to make a name for himself, win some titles, and move to the United States. This was all part of his original vision. In the book, he states, I'm going to read it. In the weeks that followed, I refined this vision until it was very specific. I was going to go for the Mr. Universe title. I was going to break records in powerlifting. I was going to Hollywood. I was going to be like Reg Park. The vision became so clear in my mind that I felt like it had to happen. There was no alternative. It was this or nothing. Reg Park was also a bodybuilder and Arnold's role model. He actually had posters of him in his bedroom. He eventually became a mentor for Arnold, and I think it's interesting because Reg Park actually starred in multiple roles across multiple Hercules movies as Hercules. And that's funny because Arnold's first movie was starring as Hercules in the movie called Hercules in New York. So Arnold's whole vision started there. He was going to use bodybuilding as a platform to move to the United States and become a movie star. And throughout his life, he continued to use visions to guide him to success. I think having a clear vision ensured that his dreams became a reality. I believe that because he had a clear vision, he was able to make his dreams a reality. It's very obvious that his vision was a full 360 degree experience. As he says in the book, being on that pedestal was always my vision of where I would end up. It was very clear. I knew what it was going to feel like and look like. It would be like heaven to make that real. Notice how he says that he knew how it would feel and look like. He would talk about standing on the pedestal and looking down at the crowd. This was a real vision that he made very clear in his mind. And that's how you want your vision to be too. Make it a 360 degree experience. See the sights, hear the sounds, feel the feelings. This is how you make a vision impactful. But another thing that I think having a clear vision helped Arnold with that I think we can learn from is that because he had a clear vision, he not only knew what to say yes to, but more importantly, he knew what to say no to. In the late 60s, when he was just getting started in bodybuilding, he was working at a gym in Munich, Germany. This gym would attract a lot of Olympic wrestlers, and he stated, they wanted, in the worst way, to make me a wrestler too. But of course, that was not my agenda. I mean, it's possible that Arnold would have dominated as a wrestler, but it's because he had a clear vision of what he wanted that he was not easily distracted by alluring opportunities such as this. And saying no is a skill that not a lot of people have developed, and we always hear about how important it is. I know it's a skill that I'm always working on myself. I think we struggle with this skill because we don't always have a clear vision of what we want in life. And what ends up happening is we just drift along. We do a little bit of activities here, we do a little activities there, and we get caught up in all kinds of random things. Listen, let's say your vision was to build a house before the winter hits. 
it would be very easy for you to say no to your friend who keeps inviting you to go out on his boat. There is nothing out on that water that's going to help you get any closer to your goal of building that house. So if you ever want to get better on saying no, then get a clear vision. Vision was super important to Arnold. And if you didn't know, he actually lost his first Mr. Universe bodybuilding competition to a bodybuilder named Frank Zane. And what is interesting in the book is that Arnold describes the most upsetting part about losing that competition was the fact that he felt he had let himself down in regards to his vision. He says in the book, I still felt the judging had been unfair, but I discovered this wasn't the real cause of my pain. It was the fact that I had failed, not my body, but my vision and my drive. And from that point forward, Arnold would begin his winning streak. You see, after losing that competition to Zane, he was so upset with himself for not giving it everything he had, for not preparing as best as he could. He had slacked a bit. He had partied a bit. He took his size for granted. He had failed himself. He had failed his vision. I mean, what expectations do you have for yourself? Have you ever fallen short of your own expectations? It feels bad, doesn't it? This is the power of a vision. It can teach you the harsh lesson when you've fallen off track. But if you don't have a vision, then you may not have learned this lesson. While you've saved yourself the pain of disappointment and frustration, you've also denied yourself the ability to live in accordance with your dreams and goals. You know, throughout Arnold's life, he would reflect back on his vision to guide him. In the book, he states, No matter what I was involved in, part of my mind was always wondering, is this what I'm meant for? What is the mission here? I knew I was meant for something special, but what was it? This is good guidance for you as well. It's like constantly looking at your map to make sure that you are on track to your destination. Anytime you get involved in an activity, you can evaluate its value based on its ability to get you closer to your goal. If it doesn't help at all, then you might consider saying no to the opportunity. Arnold also attributed having a vision to giving him the ability to carry out his day-to-day -day tasks freely. He states, I found it liberating. Knowing exactly where I wanted to end up freed me to totally improvise how to get there. This is super interesting if you think about it. By knowing where you want to go and being very clear about where you want to go allows you to be less caught up in the details about how you're going to accomplish it. You can have fun and get creative. You can be a little more spontaneous when opportunities arise, and they will arise. You just might not notice them if you're not clear on what you want. And as I mentioned before, Arnold actually made his first million dollars in real estate. He spent two to three years doing research on real estate, and he stated, I like the idea of owning an apartment building. I can picture starting with a small building, taking the best unit for myself to live in, and paying all the expenses by renting out the rest. That would let me learn the business, and as the investment paid off, I could expand from there. Over the next two or three years, I did research. Notice that he said, I could picture starting with a small building. You see, he was visualizing again. And yes, he used visualization on the movie side of his career. Early in his career, when he signed a contract for multiple sequels of Conan, Arnold stated, even though there were a lot of ifs, signing that contract made me confident that I would be among the million dollar players in the movie business. So when I told Maria that was my vision, I knew that it could become real. 
And then he later stated, I felt like my movie career had suddenly come into sharp focus. The vision had always been there, but hazy. I never knew which direction it would go or how I was going to get the big break. So you see, he was always reflecting back on his vision, even though he didn't know exactly how he was going to get there. But as his career progressed, he would reflect back on this being part of the big vision. And of course, he also had a vision about becoming the governor of California. In the book, he states, I saw myself in Sacramento solving problems. I was not the least bit intimidated by the thought of a campaign. It was like every other major decision I'd ever faced. I thought about winning. I knew it would happen. I was locked in automatic pilot. Again, notice the wording that he's using here. It seems that whenever he was crystal clear about his vision, he was confident that he could accomplish it. So be sure to make your vision crystal clear as well. All right, on to the second key to Arnold's success as stated in his autobiography, Total Recall. The second key was using psychology to his benefit. Arnold heavily used psychology throughout his bodybuilding career, both in training and in competition, as many athletes do in various other sports. See, I believe that psychology is half the battle. If you can get into your opponent's head, then that can be as effective or more effective than any physical tactics or strategies that you can deploy against your opponent. Against the famous bodybuilder Lou Ferrigno, Arnold stated, You could say casually to Lou, How have you been doing with your abs? And he'd say, Fine, why? Actually, I feel pretty ripped. Well, it's... No, never mind. Don't worry about it. They look great. And you said it. He'd start looking at his abs. And then afterward, Lou would pose in front of the mirror as the insecurity took hold. He also stated about Lou Ferrigno. Like when I tell Lou, I already called my mother and I told her that I won. Even though the competition is tomorrow. Even though Lou was extremely young and fit, he was unable to overcome the mind games that Arnold was playing on him. And if you get the chance to watch the documentary Pumping Iron, you'll actually see when Arnold was playing these mind games on Lou Ferrigno as they were preparing for the Mr. Olympia competition in South Africa. Early on, so everybody can relax and enjoy Surely the country. They should have it in a month for him. He's not even in shape yet. I mean, gee, he didn't, he didn't get the timing right. I'm telling you. A month from now would have been perfect for you. But then I get bigger too again. So, you know, it doesn't matter what the hell. Let's get it over, Let's get it over with. And uh, if you retired this year, you just never had the Olympia. But you had twice the universe. What the hell? That's not too bad either. You could go on with the next five years. I you know, it's amazing. You. Can you imagine the feeling I have six times, Mr. Olympia? I told six you, you found the fountain of youth. It's incredible. Six You could times. go on forever. Arnold. It blows my mind when I think People about it. People are going to get so tired. They're I called say, my mother yesterday already, and I said I won. She says, congratulations, Arnold. <laughs> you know? Well, anyway, listen, guys. Why don't we go? We'll you go, go and help him pump up. Calm him down. Help him. Okay? I don't screw him up this time. I don't want you in our pumping room. Okay? (laughs) 
He did this to a lot of his competition throughout his bodybuilding career, but he also used psychology on himself to better prepare himself. He states in the book one of the mind strategies that he learned from Reg Park. He said that Reg would say, The limit is in your mind, he said. Think about it. 300 pounds is less than walking. You weigh 250, so you are lifting 250 pounds with each calf every time you take a step. To really train, you have to go beyond that. And he was right. The limit I thought existed was purely psychological. That's pretty insane training, and I love the mindset that Reg is giving him, telling him that his body weight is already pretty darn heavy, so you might as well work harder than that. Arnold goes on to say about his training and how important psychology was. It showed the power of mind over body. In weightlifting, for many years, there was a 500-pound barrier in the clean and jerk, kind of like the four-minute barrier in the mile, which wasn't broken until Roger Bannister did it in 1954. But as soon as the great Russian weightlifter Vasily Alexeyev set a new world record of 501 in 1970, three other guys lifted more than 500 pounds within a year. I probably butchered that guy's name, but you get the point. He's talking about the psychology of somebody being able to achieve a limit, or at least what somebody thought was a limit. Once that that bar has been achieved and has, has been surpassed, Multiple people can then exceed it. This is exactly what happened with Roger Bannister in the four-minute mile. You know how many people have broken that barrier since then? So uh, I love the psychology that Arnold is constantly using uh, throughout his career. And one time, to prep himself for a competition, competing against the leading champion of that time, Sergio Oliva, Arnold stated in the book, To psych myself up, I looked for the slightest possible advantage. Now that we were in the bright TV lights, Sergio seemed a little soft to me. That was encouraging. I found that I could really anticipate his moves, and I started matching each pose. He also stated, I was the one who was willing to go out. I was more eager than Sergio. I wanted the title more than he did. You see, that was all in Arnold's own head. Sergio didn't tell him this. He believed it. And Arnold also used psychology to keep himself focused throughout training. In regards to his brother dying, this is what he said. All I could think to do was push this out of my mind so I could go on with my goals. And of his father's death, he said, I was in shock and paralyzed. Yet, frankly, I was also glad that the knee injury kept me from going because I still wanted to separate myself from that whole side of my life. My way of dealing with the situation was deny and try to move on. So again, there, he's talking about the death of his father. If you get the chance to watch that documentary, Pumping Iron, you're going to see him talk about this. And he mentions how it's important that he have a cold mindset and heart in order to stay sharp, razor sharp, during competition and training. Look, we all have different priorities and values. Life happens. Things are going to come up. Things are going to happen. Loss will happen. And we all can make different choices on how those issues can affect us, how we choose to deal with them, how we choose to respond to them. I'm simply commenting on Arnold's choice to stay laser focused on his goals to the point that many would not have the discipline or will for. This is what makes Arnold unique. And of course, Arnold used psychology to make himself a better actor. It's interesting to understand how he developed himself to become a better actor. In the book, he stated, 
It was broadening my horizons to things that I'd ignored. In competition, I'd always walled off emotions. You have to keep your feelings under control or you can be knocked off track. Women always talked about emotions, but I considered it silly talk. It did not fit into my plan. Acting was just the opposite. You had to let things affect you and keep your defenses down because that's how you became a better actor. He also stated about the psychology around being an actor. To live your life as an actor, you can't be afraid of someone stirring up your emotions. You have to take the risk. You see, being an actor required a different side of Arnold. As mentioned before, part of what made Arnold such a phenomenal bodybuilder was that he was emotionless and ice cold around the sport. But acting required him to open up, to become more emotional. And he recognized this and adapted his psychology so that he could become a more effective actor. Additionally, what's really interesting is that Arnold actually used psychology to better integrate himself into the Hollywood community. He spent a lot of time going to parties and mingling with people in show business so that he could better adapt their tendencies, to get to know their lifestyles, to become better integrated, to become more part of the show business culture. He stated, I was not inside enough to be partying with them all the time, but I did get exposed to how the stars at that level lived and operated, what they were into, and how they moved around, and it inspired me to be there myself in a few years. So that was early on in his acting career. Later in his career, he says, I went to every party I was invited to and was always the last to leave. That's how important it was to him. I mean, you're probably familiar with the old saying that you are a reflection of your five closest friends. Arnold used that tendency to his advantage by creating a new group of friends and associates who were in the movie business. This again enhanced his psychology in a way that better integrated him into the show business community. So where do you want to better integrate? Who do you need to more associate with to adapt your psychology to better integrate, to better fit in to the culture that you strive to be a part of? And the third key to Arnold's success was innovation. All right, now we're gonna talk about innovation. And Arnold had a unique ability to innovate throughout his career. And this is especially evident early in his bodybuilding career when he used techniques and training that are still used today by lifters and bodybuilders. He also stated in the book, being busy helping customers meant that I had no time to train the way I was used to with an intense four or five hour workout each day. So I adopted the idea of training twice a day two hours before work and two hours from seven to nine in the evening when business slacked off and the only serious lifters were left. Split workouts seemed like an annoyance at first, but I realized that I was onto something when I saw the results. I was concentrating better and recovering faster while grinding out longer and harder sets. And another quote about innovating in bodybuilding. He stated, he loved my theory of shocking the muscle for instance. It always seemed to me that the biggest obstacle to successful training is that the body adjusts so quickly. Do the same sequence of lifts every day, and even if you keep adding weight, you'll see your muscle growth slow and then stop. The muscles become very efficient at performing the sequence they expect. The way to wake up the muscle is ma and make it grow again is to jolt it with the message, 
You will never know what's coming. It will always be different from what you expect. Today it's this, tomorrow it's something else. One day it's ultra heavyweights, the next day it's high reps. And honestly, shocking the muscle is something that I remember hearing about when I was, I think, in high school uh, in weight training class. I remember my coach talking about that. Potentially, um, when I was younger than that, I do remember uh, talking about shocking the muscle when doing CrossFit workouts. If you look at CrossFit workouts, every day they're switching up what you're doing, working different muscle groups, working different types of techniques, high rep, low weight, low uh, rep, high weight, so on and so forth. So... Um, Shocking the Muscle was one of Arnold's creations. So you have to go and use the shocking principle. If the body and if this chest knows that I'm going to start with 135 and then I go to 225 and do 275, I'm going to go and start now with 315. And I'm going to do 20 reps with 315. And I thought this was funny. Uh, Arnold mixed in a little bit of psychology, a little bit of innovation in this. But he states, when I got to California, I made a point of cutting off all my sweatpants at the knees. I would keep my strong points covered, my biceps, my chest, my back, my thighs. But I made sure my calves were exposed so everyone could see. I was relentless and did 15 sets, sometimes 20 sets of calf raises every single day. Man, note to self, I'm trying to get that six pack, so maybe I should walk around shirtless every day, I don't know. And when he beat Sergio Oliva in his first Mr. Olympia competition, he used an innovative tactic to finish him off. The two individuals were on stage doing their final pose off. The crowd was going crazy. The judges were calling out poses for those guys to do, and every time Sergio would do a pose, Arnold would do three more. The crowd loved it, and the judges wanted to keep the excitement going, so they kept calling off poses. Well, after some time, Arnold and Sergio, they were getting pretty worn out and exhausted. So Arnold looks over at Sergio and says, Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. I'm pretty happy with no matter where the cards may fall. Let's see what the judges think. I'm done. And Sergio agrees with him. He's like, yeah, I agree with you. Let's, let's just wrap this up. And so they start walking off the stage. And as they're walking off the, sta the stage, Arnold decides to hit the crowd with one more pose. And Sergio had no idea. He's walking off the stage on the other end. So Arnold hits him with the pose. The crowd goes crazy. And then he looks back at Sergio as if to say, where'd he go? While some may think that was a dirty move, here's Arnold's take on it. Sergio never said anything to me about how I'd mocked him, but he told other people that he felt he'd been had. That's not how I saw it. It was a primal moment. I'd finished him off by instinct in the heat of the competition that I'd dominated by then all the same. Killer instinct. I think that tactic was probably pretty innovative at the time, although probably not repeatable. But the question for you is, how can you get innovative in what you're doing? How can you be remembered? Arnold wasn't just concerned about his physique. He was concerned about his mind as well. At the time, Arnold was involved in a lot. He was doing bodybuilding, school, language studies, acting, so on and so forth. He was involved in a lot, and he was afraid that he would get stressed out. So he decided to explore transcendental meditation. He stated, 
Transcendental meditation was popular with people on the beach in Venice. And he goes on to say, They gave me a mantra and taught me to use a 20-minute meditation session to get to a place where you don't think. And that was to help clear his mind. So if you're juggling a lot in your life, look for ways to find balance too. What are some innovative ways for you to find balance? Have you ever tried meditation? Yoga? Working out? And finally, something that's really interesting. Throughout Arnold's career, his size, his accent, and his long last name were all factors that were working against him, kind of like weaknesses. But with Arnold's creativity, strength of vision, he was able to alter these weaknesses and turn them into strengths. He stated, I was making my size, accent, and funny name into assets instead of peculiarities that put people off. You see, early on, a lot of these things uh, caused him to struggle to get into the movie business, to become the lead actor in a role in a particular movie. They always wanted him to play the bad guy or whatever the case may be. So he pushed and pushed and got creative and pushed until he was that lead role in a movie, until these factors, these weaknesses worked to his advantage. All right, so there you have it, the three keys to Arnold's success as stated in his autobiography, Total Recall. Hopefully you learned something and hopefully you can use this in your own life to help make you more successful. And finally, I wanna close this video with a message to my children. I hope you guys learned something as well. I want you guys to affirm, I am living out the vision of my future. I am living out the vision of my future. I want you to say this several times. I am living out the vision of my future. It's important that you do this because you don't want to live somebody else's vision. And you don't want to live without any vision at all, directionless. Have a vision and strive to make it real. Do what makes you happy. And I love you. Thanks.